We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to Bring the Juice. Uh, So the Colts lose once again, this time to the Washington Commanders at home. The Colts were unable to hold their fourth quarter lead and end up losing to the Washington Commanders 17-16 to on a day where the Colts' ring of honor guys were all here at the stadium introducing their newest Ring of Honor inductee. And this is the final result that the Colts provide another stunning loss to the Washington Commanders. Cody, it just feels like this is this is nutshell 2022 for the Indianapolis Colts. Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, right? The Colts find ways, ways to lose. We said that off air. The Colts are a team, and this is how I know they're poorly coached, right? This is the same thing with Pagano. It's like the Colts are not finding reasons and ways to win. They find reasons to lose. Let's be honest, guys. Like, like basically outside of the Jacksonville game, Colts didn't deserve to win that Denver game. Colts didn't deserve to win that Kansas City game. They basically got lucky because the other team lost the game, you know? This Colts team is not a team, and and now we've kind of discovered their identity, right? This is not a team that's going to be a true contender. I mean, they just don't have it What it, it in them, right? They just don't have that killer instinct when it comes down to it. And that's tough to say because I do feel like this team still has talent, guys. It's crazy, crazy as it is. As bad as it's looked, this team still has talent all over the field. And so for that reason, the fact that you were up, you know, on this team and you allowed them to come back and score twice and not respond offensively, I mean, it's just, Pit, you know, it's like you said, it's just classic 2022 Colts at this point. It's just the same thing, different week, you know, and it's just, it's getting ridiculous. I want to ask Max here. So Max, I mean, let's go into you for a split second. Then we'll get into some of the players and whatnot. So Indianapolis still, again, uh, only scored three points in the first half. They, it has been 10 consecutive games in a row where they were losing going into halftime and they were the only team in the NFL this year that has not been leading going into the fourth quarter. So, I mean, when you're looking at what this team is doing, it's amazing too, because the Colts are 
50, I think they said they're 61 and like 17 this year at, or 61 and 19 uh, in point differential in the fourth quarter. They're the third best team in the NFL at fourth quarter scoring differential. The problem is, is you can't win football games when you're only scoring in the fourth quarter. Yeah. It's a, the problem is, I feel like the root of this team is broken. Everything that you everything that you want in a team is broken. And the fact that all your playmakers are not making plays when you need them to most is what's hurting this team the most now. Jonathan Taylor fumbling, and that leads to Washington points. Um, it's just a common theme. Sam Ellinger fumbling right before half. Like you said, they were, they were down at half again, only had three points on the board. Luckily, they had three points on the board because they've been getting shut out in the first half a lot this year. So that's that drive, that game-killer drive, that really was a game-killer because if they scored there, who knows what would happen at the end of the game. So take you take those points off the board, and here we are with another coach loss, and we're, now we're wondering where to go from here again with the trade deadline on, coming up on Tuesday. Yep. So a lot going on. And, you know, I think the biggest concept of all of this guys is the fact that Colts always lose to themselves. They never let other teams beat them. They always beat themselves. I mean, you talk about it. This team ended up fumbling the ball twice today, both times inside the 20 yard line when you were guaranteed points, as long as you didn't turn the ball over and you did. You still, that's how you lose games. That's how this team continues to lose games because it has also been the storyline of the 2022 Colts is every time they get into opponent territory, they find a way to screw it up. Whether it's uh, being sacked, whether it's fumbling it, whether it's throwing an interception, whether it's not scoring a touchdown. I mean, it, it's truly incredible but let's go let's go into some of the the play here of some of these players. So you have to start with Sam Ellinger. It was his first game today. Uh 17 of 23 for 201 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Was sacked twice today. Uh obviously had the fumble. Um I mean obviously guys, this this is my opinion and we'll start with Max first on this and we'll go to Cody. Uh Sam obviously made some good plays today. Clear it was uh the it, it was it was a good performance from him. But again, still reminds you it, it's it's still not enough to get the job done. I mean, I can understand that you want to give him the benefit of the doubt fumbling the ball the first time. I get it. But it just feels like a, a thing for this team that nobody preaches ball security. Like this team fumbles the ball more than anyone else in the NFL by a long shot. It's not even close. Uh, so discipline and ball security is not something that they're being coached to do. And when it comes to that last drive, I mean, Ellinger, I mean, if Ellinger faked to run and then threw it to Jonathan Taylor last second, that's a first down Jonathan Taylor. He gets 15 yards and this game might've been blown open, but instead we're short. I can't I can't give him an excuse for that. He was short. So in the biggest of moments, Sam Ellinger did not perform uh the way that we wished he would have. Max, what was your opinion on Sam Ellinger today? Yeah, as fans, we always want our team to do well. And we always want whoever's in the back controlling everything, quarterback's most position, most important position on the field. 
Everyone wants their quarterback to play as well as they can. But Sam Ellinger coming into this game, who did not even throw his first NFL pass yet, had no NFL pass attempts, and was his first career start in the NFL. What did we expect to happen? Back in training camp, he said that this was going to be a three-year rebuild of his mechanics and throwing motions that he worked with Tom House in the offseason. And he got thrust in here seven games into the season because the, because the owner forced himself to make this decision for his two top leaders that he hired and actually extended into 2026 this or last August. So that, first of all, that's an indictment on the GM because the fact that he had to step in and say that we don't have a good enough roster to win a Super Bowl. I'm gonna I'm gonna look to the future at this most important position and then reevaluate everything after the year, including your job status. So that's an indictment on the GM. And then the fact that he had to take out the quarterback, which means that Matt, Frank Wright wasn't gonna do that by himself. He was gonna leave in Matt Ryan. So so furthermore, the way that this game was constructed coming into it, our, of course our hopes were high, but we said that we said that the past two weeks leading up to this or the past week leading up to this game that they get to watch the rest of the season without real expectations and real actual, um, I guess, yeah, expectations. And the fact that this game played out the way it did, I'm surprised on the defensive side of the ball that they collapsed the way they did at the end of the game. But on the offensive side, they did look a lot better throughout the game. They moved the ball. They, they were, seemed to be in – plus territory a lot more and putting themselves in, in positions to score. The ball security is a different story, and that needs to be cleaned up, but who knows if it will at this point of the year because, like, you, you really are who you are at this point. But it's another disappointing loss, and it, it, I don't know where to, where the team's going to be able to go from here. Cody, Sam Ellinger today? I think he was fine. You know, for his first NFL start, I thought he did a pretty decent job, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, no touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, that's not a great game from anybody. At least he didn't turn it over multiple times. I'll say that. Yeah, right. That's something we haven't had in a quarterback this year. But, yeah, I mean, I liked how he was able to use his legs to get out of situations. Obviously, it was something that Matt Ryan really couldn't do. Um, So you see that. But, you know, at least the offense, guys, was a little bit more fun to watch. Right. I'll say that. And, you know, with how bad it's been, at least, you know, you're talking about even though they self-imploded, you know, like they've done all year, at least this team was in the red zone, like you talked about, Max, a little bit more, right? They were making some big plays, Derek. I mean, that was that was a big thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I heard multiple times, you know, some big plays that did happen, and hey, they scored a touchdown as well. So, you know, and obviously our standards are very low for what this offense is right now. But, you know, for Sam Ellinger, we said it early, uh, last year, you know, or last week, I should say, whatever he was named the starter. It's like, whether good or bad, it's going to be fun to watch. And it didn't disappoint today. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of where I am with Ellinger. I think he looks exactly like we thought he was, probably, you know, at his ceiling. And again, it's his first game, so I don't want to give him too much. You don't know everything about him yet. But, you know, very much a a, a backup kind of performance, if that makes sense. And, and Sam did a pretty good job, given the circumstances, being given the fact that a couple weeks ago he was the third-string quarterback to now being the starter. I thought he managed it well, you know, and I thought he was able to spread the ball around uh, to some of his targets. You know, pretty decent job and kind of opened this offense up a little bit. You know, albeit he did have that fumble, which was a critical play. But, uh, you know, for, for a six-round pick that's never seen the field, I thought he did just fine. Yep, and then when you go to some of the uh, playmakers of today, uh, Jonathan Taylor, 16 carries for 76 yards, uh, obviously was dealing with that ankle injury, so it was a little bit of something, and 
it felt weird because there were a couple drives where Jonathan could get absolutely nothing going. And then there were a couple drives where Jonathan Taylor just looked like he couldn't be stopped. Uh, it was very, again, very inconsistent by uh, this offensive line and what they're trying to get out of Jonathan. Naheem Hines, five carries for 20 yards. Sam Ellinger, when you take into account the fact that he had been sacked for 13 yards, still had 15 yards on six runs. And then, uh, Paris Campbell, the one time that the Colts decide to actually run a jet sweep with Paris Campbell was this close to breaking it for a touchdown. How many times Paris Campbell came this close to breaking a touchdown in that game? I'm trying to tell y'all. Y'all don't want to listen to me. I'm not you two specifically, but everyone else that watches this video, trying to tell y'all. Paris Campbell is a freak of nature when you get this ball, get this man the ball in his hands and get him some open space. The one time all season they've ran it and it nearly went for a touchdown. I mean, I'm in, I'm amazed that we still continue to not get him involved in ways like that. It needs to happen more often. Uh, the way that they use Curtis Samuel is a very important thing. What do you guys say? Cody, we'll start with you real quick. Uh, your opinions on the run game today. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, it had some moments where it looked bad. You know, some moment, the offensive line really didn't do a great job most of the game, opening up holes for Taylor and company. But yeah, I did like how they got Hines involved a little bit more. He obviously had the touchdown today. Um, you know, they're getting Paris Campbell involved. Guys, it's not rocket science, right? Like, you would think that as big of a genius as Frank Reich is as a play caller, he would have figured this out a couple years in, how to use Paris Campbell and Naheem Hines properly. You would think that, right? You would think that because every single time that they touch the ball, good things happen. And it's so sad that we're at this point now where both these guys, for multiple years, we've said this, right, that the Colts haven't used these guys correctly. More Paris Campbell this year. It's just like, it's just insane to me that the Colts just have continued to not use them. And when they start to use them, oh, wow, surprise, surprise, good things happen, man. And so, yeah, I want to give a shout out to those those two guys because they looked fantastic. You talked about Taylor, Derek. I mean, obviously he had a, a decent game, over 70 yards rushing. But I will say this, he had a critical fumble and you yep. cannot do that. You cannot do that. Absolutely. I thought it was not a great day from Taylor overall because he, he put the ball on the ground and he cost the Colts. Yep, you're absolutely right, Max. Yeah. So I thought one of the plays that I think we're going to discuss in the film session this week that I was actually thinking about was Taylor's biggest gain of the ground on the ground this year was 27 yards in like the first half. I forget whether it was the first or second quarter. But it was kind of like a based off read option and Sam Miller could either take it or he can hand it off this to Jonathan Taylor. We need That's what we're missing from this offense all year long. Was that threat of a quarterback to run or to pull it or to or to hand it off? I mean, so um, so it was a great day by this offense. That, like I liked, I loved a lot the I loved the, a lot of the amount of um, new plays that Frank Reich added to this offense in this game, rolling Sam out, adding that threat of RPO and read option, and I'm looking forward to the next nine games. Um, what our record's going to be at the end of the year? None of us have a crystal ball. None of us know, but it didn't look too promising after this game. And it was, and especially because a lot of the times that Frank Reich, in the biggest moments for this offense, Frank Reich did not come through with the play calling. And it was honestly, it was honestly disappointing. 
was an awesome. Yeah, play. it's funny because people say, "Oh, Frank Reich didn't drop that pass," or "Frank Reich didn't do this." But I'm like, "But Frank Reich's the one preparing them, getting them ready. Him and his whole staff, right?" Mm-hmm. And so, like, yes, you put some fault on the player, but also the coach needs to take the blame there too, because this is continuing to happen. It's not like a one week thing, right? Yeah, this that, team leads the the cool. league in turnovers. Uh, They're one of the worst teams in turnover differential, which over the last few years has been a bright spot for this team. We force turnovers and take care of the football. This, it's been a complete opposite this year. That doesn't just happen when you bring in one or two new players on uh, the opposite sides of the field. That doesn't happen like that. That's a coaching problem on top of it. So, yep. So, all right, well, we set our pieces with the rushing attack. Let's go to the receivers here. Uh, like we said, guys, Ellinger went 17 to 23. So overall, very accurate uh, in the way that he went off. Alec Pierce, three catches for 65 yards, including that 47 yarder from Sam Ellinger in the fourth quarter. Uh, Michael Pittman, seven catches for 53 yards. Uh, Paris Campbell had two catches for 43 yards, the one that he almost broke. Naheem Hines had two catches for 29 yards. Again, you saw the really big one that helped set up a good drive for them. Uh, And then Granson had three catches for 11 yards. So only five guys caught a pass today for Indianapolis. Now, I mean, obviously, when you look at the way Matt Ryan uh, displays the football. Normally there's seven, eight or nine guys that have a catch in a game. Uh, this one was very more of just five guys, you know, Jelani Woods, not getting involved again. Molly Cox, not getting involved again. Jonathan Taylor wasn't involved in that. And of course I want to say, I want to say shout out to Alec Pierce and shout out to Paris Campbell. You two again are very fantastic wide receivers. You guys are making me proud. And I got to say, again, I'm going to say my piece again. Pittman, stop dropping the ball at the end of games. Stop it. You That last drive, guys, when there was 22 seconds, Michael Pittman catches that ball at the 45-yard line, doesn't even get touched. And if he doesn't get touched, he is at the 45-yard line of Washington if he doesn't drop that ball, get gets out of bounds. There's 14 seconds left. You get 10 yards on the next play. Guess what happens? We win. That's it. It could have been it. That could have won the game. And again, for the second week in a row, Michael Pittman has dropped the bag on this team. He dropped it last week when he fumbled the ball where the game was probably out of reach anyway, but abandoned all hope that the Colts had of potentially making the comeback. And this time alone, You could have had a 35-yard catch that could have potentially won your team the game again, and you fumble the bag again. Like, yeah, you're catching seven catches for 53 yards, man, but you ain't scoring nothing for us, dude. You ain't scoring nothing for us. And yeah, it's it's on Frank Reich as well, because again, we get into the red zone, and for some reason, we forget that we have a 6'3", a 6'4", and two 6'7", guys that can catch the ball over any any corner or linebacker in this league, but yet we can't, we seem to run the football from the shotgun at the half-yard line. We can't seem to figure that out. But Michael Pittman, stop 
giving away these games, dude. You're just as much to blame as anything. We've been saying it all year long that this wide receiver core has been doing everything they can to win games. But Pittman, man, you're dropping the bag on me right now, dude. You got to stop. Max, we'll go with you. Yeah, it's honestly been disappointing the past two weeks about, uh, like you said, like the, the rant you just went on, the passionate rant you just went on. We're down by two scores last game. Final minute. I mean, it wouldn't have mattered anyway, I feel like. But Pittman, yeah, the fumble killed killed the game. He didn't get out of bounds this week against the Commanders, and that also killed this game. And we had a realistic shot of winning this game with a field goal if we got in field goal range with Chase McLaughlin. Because Chase McLaughlin's been hitting 50 yarders really well this year. So we actually had a very realistic shot of winning this game, and Pittman got out of bounds at that point. But there were so many other plays in this game that we didn't that we didn't convert or or make that that were really important plays. And that also, like you brought up the Frank Reich point. Frank Reich didn't didn't pl- Frank Reich opened up his playbook and when he was down, when he was down, really. When he was down the when he was down in the count, when he was when it was second and twelve, when it was when it was second and ten, when it was third and eight, he brought out Naeem Hines and Jonathan Taylor to try to fool the defense. He brought jet sweeps when he was down, when he was second and ten, second and long, like second and nine, like those type of those type of downs and the most crucial downs that he brought opened up the playbook. We need to see more of him opening up this playbook the rest of the season. He seems to get tight with the playbook in the most crucial moments. And, the, and that was actually a good play by, by the commanders keeping Michael Pittman in balance on that play. Bobby McCain hit him from the side when he was when he was facing out of bounds and pushed him back in. And they just cradled him up. So that was also a good play on the commanders, so credit to them. But we had, but like I said, we had we had a lot of plays in this game that we could have made and we didn't and we failed. Cody? Oh, yeah. I mean, talk about this team. In the critical moments, this team crumbles, and that's how you tell what this team is. This team is a, I think at this point, guys, and correct me if you th- disagree with this, I think it's a five to six win football team at the best at this point. I mean, just with the lack of passion, it doesn't seem like, like I talked about earlier, this team wants to go and win these games. It just doesn't. You just obviously see that. You know, like you saw that last week in Tennessee, right? This offense, just no life at all. You saw it in this game, right? Uh, This team just completely, you know, figuring out ways to not win. I mean, that's just how it is. Um, And Pittman's part of that. You know, he's part of that right now. And, you know, that drop was, you know, a killer for them. It was just awful. It was just completely inexcusable by Michael Pittman, who's typically been a sure-handed receiver. So it's just, it's very uncharacteristic of him right? Most of the time. So yeah, just like good players that are typically very reliable are becoming unreliable guys. And that, that to me, I mean, this is just a a bad culture with this team right now. You know, you can smell the stink from a mile away. I mean, it's bad. Um, And guys, I think at this point, trade deadlines on Tuesday, you got to start selling players. Like you got to start selling some of these players who are not living up the contract. Ryan Kelly, did he even play in this game? I know he was. Yeah, he did. He He started. Apparently, everyone said that everyone said Pinter was taking the ones, but Kelly played the majority of the game at center. Okay. So interesting. Either the either the media lied, or that the Colts just wanted to fake somebody out somehow. That's weird. Yeah. But anyway, like I, you- Kelly was in at center for the majority of the game. I wonder if it was just for it. it I, I forget it. I didn't even what I was about to say was completely stupid. So. 
Yeah, I don't understand. I don't I don't understand. They said, oh, he was taking the reps at the ones and in practice yeah. or in the warm-ups, and then he never played. Like huh. he never played. At least from what That's I can weird. gather. So I mean, I think like you have to start selling a few players at least, right? I mean, Kenny Moore, he's just been burnt toast this whole year. Like he's been horrible. What the heck happened, man? God that's like wanting a contract extension, you know, a guy that's done it the right way. I mean, he doesn't deserve to be back on this team next year at this point. I don't that's how I, bad he's I've playing. never seen a guy that I've seen players drop off after contracts, but I've never seen a guy who was looking to get a giant extension to make him a top ten corner in the league drop off as much as this. Like it's ridiculous. I mean, it's one of the few things that Ballard freaking got right. Said, no, I'm not going to pay you right now. Go show me that you can do it. And he ain't done that all year. I mean, there's yeah. been a few times where Kenny Moore has made some plays in the backfield, but in the biggest of moments, he's, he's getting toasted by Curtis Samuel all day. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's a weekly thing guys. Yeah. And when we go to the defense, I mean, it sucks that the game ended like that because the because they held them to seven points up until the final six minutes of that game. You know, like I mean, that sucks. It really does because honestly, seven giving up seventeen points is not a bad game. Like it really isn't. The fact that we lost is not really on the defense. I mean, when you look at it in this respect, I mean they held the Commanders to ninety six yards rushing in this game on 28 carries. So they were averaging three and a half yards a carry. So they really did a fantastic job stopping the run. And then of course, like you had the first two drives of the game, the Colts pass defense didn't look good. And then of course the final 10 minutes of the fourth quarter, they didn't look good, but going into that, those last two drives for the commanders, they had 32 yards of offense through all the third quarter and the first drive of the fourth quarter, right? Like, I mean, that's good. The defense, other than four drives in this game, four drives, the defense did not look good, but they gave up all 17 or they gave up 17 points in uh, three drives in this game. So like outside of that, I mean, I know obviously at the end you needed to step up and they didn't, but the defense can't win it all, dude. The defense can't do this every week and pull and keep y'all's asses in the game when your offense can't score 20, man. Like this is ridiculous. I can't blame the defense. You held them to 17 points. That should win you most games, but it doesn't in this situation because you're the Colts offense. Cody, what do you say about the defense? I mean, defense did, it was hit and miss, but I mean, yeah, you're right. You held them under 20 points. That should most weeks win you that game. So, I mean, the defense, while they weren't perfect today, I think that, you know, this is one of their worst games they've had in a while, you know, maybe outside of the Jacksonville game. Uh, I still thought they did enough to, to keep this team in this game, you know, like, and so, I mean, yeah. And also just wanted to say uh, sucks for Tyquan Lewis with that injury back to back years. Looks like, We'll see, uh, but it didn't look good. You know, yeah. he might have broken his leg or something like that. Uh, he had to get the guard and come out. But anyway, I thought the defense did a, a, just a fine job uh, near the end. Obviously, you know, that's just Terry McLaurin going up there and making a big boy play. Like, it is, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's just an unfortunate situation where, like, that's just not something you could ever do in Madden. 
You know, it's just a human-like play that either Gilmore was coming down with that or McCorm was, and McCorm was stronger in that moment. Yep. McCorm so, wanted it more. He's from Indiana, and he was fired up to play in this game against the Colts, his hometown team, and he wanted it more than Gilmore did. And that's been that's been really the the theme of the season. Other teams wanted it more than us. And I know that we've mounted comebacks in the fourth quarter a lot. Like we've 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 put together drives. Like you've said that's that stat of like it was like 65 to 19 in the fourth quarter or some something ridiculous like that. But in the first three quarters, we we just look lifeless. And each team wants it more than us. And it's been a common theme. And that and it's been like that really throughout Frank Reich's whole tenure. We we've had late starts. And then we turn on later in the year. Like, like it's just a constant theme. And where are we going to go from here? I don't know. But it looks like it looks like that's it's going to it's going to end eventually. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, obviously, I just and I think the biggest issue is, again, when I think just one last point before we finish this again, it just really hurts me to know how many times we get inside the opponent's 30-yard line and we fail to score. Like, that has been the common occurrence all year long, is the fact that we get to the opponent's uh, end or uh, red zone, we forget how to play football all of a sudden. O-line can't block. I mean, that, that drive where Ellinger fumbled the football, you had the jet sweep by Paris Campbell, Three straight runs by Jonathan Taylor, which gave you another 30. So you ran 58 yards in four plays. You were inside the uh, 15-yard line when Ellinger got that face mask called uh, against him. And you were in there, and then you lose five yards the next play because Quentin Nelson can't block Jonathan Allen. And then the next play, Ellinger fumbles the ball, right? Like, I mean... That's just that's just Colts football in a nutshell this year, killing themselves. This team should have five wins right now if it just wasn't for the fact, even for as terrible as their offensive line has been this year, they should have five wins simply due to the fact that they just beat themselves every week. They do it every week, and they, they're lucky if they win, and they just aren't able to do it this year. You mentioned Quentin Nelson. How about that regression? Like we're talking about yeah. a lot of like we're talking about the Kenny Moore regression, the Ryan Kelly's Ryan Kelly has not been playing up to his contract. It, like his regression has also been stunning, but you just paid Quentin Nelson $20 million yeah. in the offseason. Like like right before the season started, the day before the Houston game, you signed him. And and now whether you keep the GM or you fire or you fire the whole regime together, you're gonna be in cap hell with a $20 million a year guard. Like what do you like? What, like that's not really attractive to whoever's going to come in here. That you have that you're that you're strapped to a twenty. They're going to be that you're going to be paying a guard who's not even that's really playing like a backup right now to twenty million dollars a season. And you, you somehow after the season you got to be able to restructure whether Bather stays or goes. That, that's got to be something you you look into that you got to restructure because that that can't stay like that, right? That, there, there's no way. No, it, it can't. You're right cuz you just paid that man 20 million dollars unless you cut his salary in half, unless you cut the salary in half, which I don't think that's going to happen. Or you trade him. You know. Well, I yeah, but I just don't know if 
anyone's going to want to take on that contract oh, with uh, with that kind of performance. Maybe if he was playing like the best guard in football right now, then maybe. But he's not. Like and nobody's going to take Quentin Nelson right now. No you way. You definitely have to restructure the contract if, if you were going to make any kind of move, significant move like that, of sending him away. Like definitely. Either way, you got to restructure the contract eventually. Whether you whether it's a trade deadline this year or after the season, I, I, it's very unlikely. Probably probably zero percent that he gets traded before Tuesday. But yeah. like, if you get an offer, you can't refuse. But and you you work with you work with Quentin to restructure that contract. I mean, you got to look into it. Uh, but no one's gonna no one's gonna trade for him with the way he's playing this year. I mean, guys, at this point, nobody should be safe on this team. Like yeah. I'm talking, nobody should be safe on yeah. this team. Which is just like bizarre because, like, beginning of the season, I probably would have had a couple people that I would have said that person's probably untouchable. But we're to the point in the season now where there's maybe one or two that I would even argue are untouchable. That's just how bad it's been. Even your good players, like your superstars, are playing poor. I don't understand it. I just like, I am baffled by the regression of so many players in just one season. It's actually bizarre. Uh, yeah, I don't <laughs> don't know what to do. And uh and the funny part is like uh so this was the final this was a quote from Ryan Kelly after the game that Charlie Clifford picked up. Said, uh, it's shit or get off the pot time, he says. It's like, bro, we're past that. We're done with that. That should have been weeks ago. And you said yeah. that a few weeks ago. And yeah, I don't I don't know what to do at this point, y'all. I just I just want to touch on one point that I made earlier. I just want to clarify that a little bit more. Okay. When Ursay made this change to Ellinger, this was a lot of people are like debating whether like he really had faith in Ellinger, whether this was or if he felt that that was better than Nick Foles. Like if this was a over like if this team was five and three right now, Matt Ryan got hurt, Nick Foles would be in there. Because this team that's like a two-game stopgap to keep this team afloat. Maybe get a couple, scratch out a couple wins, and then you, you're back with Matt Ryan. You're going on a run. But this is a, a this was an admittance by this owner that this team was not good enough to get to the goals that he wanted this team to get to this year. This team he wanted this team to go to a championship, win playoff games, and the fact that he put in a quarterback who had no NFL experience, not even thrown a pass in an NFL game. This was an admittance that this roster was not good enough to get to where he wanted to go. And that's a, that's an indictment on the GM, like I said. And then the and then for for speaking of Frank Reich, Frank Reich thinks he can win with any quarterback he has in there, whether it's Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Philip Rivers, whoever it was. Matt, he thought he thought he would have carried through with Matt Ryan all all the way through the season. I don't think Frank Reich would have walked up to Jim Mercy and said, "Hey, like I think we should make consider making a move from Matt Ryan to Sam Ellinger, Nick Foles, whoever who he thought it would be." Right? I don't think Frank Reich would do that because I think he's he believes in his quarterbacks way too much sometimes. And I think Ursa had to step in as well on that part and make that change on his side of on his side of the arena. And that's also an indictment on his offensive scheme because he couldn't make an offense work with, with, with the weapons that he had at his disposal. Like where was his Hines and Taylor like plays or packages all season long? We've barely seen that. We've barely seen Hines and Taylor on the field together in the backfield. And we saw that a good five times today. We didn't see jet sweeps to Paris Campbell. You don't need Matt Ryan to be mobile for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, where has that been? Yeah. Which is, I this, know. This has just been all so confusing, and it, it just it, – like something's yeah. got to change. 
the the I literally said it in the live stream. I said like the jet sweep. Like where's that been all yes. season? Like where has the gadget ways that like Washington used Curtis Samuel in so many different ways in this game? Like why can't we use Paris Campbell the same way? I mean. And then the screen, the one time that the wide receiver screen actually worked for Indianapolis, it was almost a touchdown. Almost. Like, I mean, that's that. I mean, again, it goes to show you again, it goes with executing properly, which these players definitely aren't. And then the play calling, opening it up because nobody saw that jet sweep coming because the Colts don't run it. They motion uh, Paris Campbell all the time, but it's not like the motion means anything. And then watch what happens. The next time that the Colts run the ball three times with Paris Campbell coming in motion, look what they did. The guys followed Paris Campbell and Jonathan Taylor gets nine yards a carry. Like, come on, man. Like, like, (laughs) I can't can't understand that. Like, that was how stupid. That's how ridiculous that is, man. Like, gosh, I want to pull my hair out for how bad this is, dude. I'm going to have no hair at the end of the season, dude. (laughs) Just shave it all off, man. Yeah, shave it all off at this point. Yeah. Uh, No, but (laughs) I feel like, guys, uh, every single week with this team, I say the same thing. And it's and it's becoming a broken record. This team and this offense under Frank Reich, they make things so much more difficult than they need to be. Like they seriously do. Like they just they it's like it's almost like they they decide, oh, we're gonna get like, you know, they're like a tease. This team is a freaking tease offensively. They get your hopes up. Oh my gosh, they got a 50 yard sweep with Paris Campbell. And then they go and just like, oh, you know, you know that guy, guys, you know that Geico commercial where it's like the the fisherman with the dollar. He's like, I got you oh, a dollar. Right? It. You gotta be quicker than that. Yeah. You gotta be quicker than that. <laughs> it's that's what it feels like with this team, yeah. with this offense. It, Every single week. It, we're like, oh my gosh, they finally figured it out. And then they go down and they're stupid. They're ridiculously stupid. Like it's almost to the point, guys, where this team and this offense, I'm convinced. That that's like another form of torture, like that they're going to put and like to the worst of the worst criminals is the 2022 Indianapolis Colts offense. Because I don't think anybody it, can watch that. It all just sucks because breaking. it's like people fans still will say like, well, at least we had a chance to win this game. And that's what makes it more frustrating is the fact that we could have. And, you know, it, it, I would be willing to accept that sometimes games just don't go in your favor if you were winning your games the majority of the time. You're not this season. That's what's different. It's not the fact. I mean, this offense is like at a point where I keep saying it every week. This offense historically might be one of the worst offenses in Colts franchise history. It's broken. Like, that's it's how broken. bad it is. All aspects of it is broken. Yeah, you can't run the football consistently. You you throw the ball, but I mean, even then it doesn't generate a lot of touchdowns and then your receivers are dropping passes at the end of games and you don't get Jelani Woods involved to a six, seven. Uh, you can't get Moali Cox, the ball in the red zone. Yeah. At least Phillip Rivers could throw the football to Moali Cox in the red zone and at least score touchdowns that way. Yeah. Where the hell has Jelani Woods been? Yeah. He yeah, hasn't been involved in the game plan since week four. Where, well, where has yeah, been? Jacksonville, I guess, but even then it was still two catches. But over the last what 
four weeks, he's had two catches for 27 yards and a touchdown. I think this was the best. I think this was the best game offensive wise that we've been in the red zone, like the highest percentage that we've been in the red zone, like red zone trips. And at least was inside the party. Yeah. Did he even touch the field? Like in yeah, any he touched the field. They just never threw the I, football to him. I, I, I don't even run. remember seeing him. Like this is this is like they they had a couple football. double tight end sets, especially at the end of the game. But you know they were trying to run the football and they just never they just never got Jelani Woods involved and. You know, I feel like we say that every week and it's just kind of like, I know we're at the point where we're saying that uh, he's obviously still young and he's still got to get better at some of the things that he's doing, but he's caught the ball six times this year and three of those have been for touchdowns. Like, you can't tell me it can't get any worse than that. Like, come on. Like, what, what more do we need to see that the guy who has caught six passes has gotten a first down or a touchdown on five of those. Like what, what more do we need to see to prove that he's worthy of a few attempts at a target every game? Like, especially when you're inside the five, right? Like when Hines gets to that four yard line, the first play you should have, it should be a pass to the end zone. You should be throwing to one of your big name wide receivers or your big tight ends. That should be the first play on first or second down every time you get inside there. Because it it just is weird because, again, whose idea was it to run the ball from shotgun on the half-yard line? That's Frank Reich's fault. Again, like, you have not gotten a push all game up to that point, and then yet you had confidence in your ability to run one yard. Like, every Colts fan would have told you that was dumb. (laughs) But... Whatever. So we'll we'll move on though. Uh that's gonna do it for this one, guys. As you can tell, we're all insanely frustrated. I'm sure that uh the rest of you are frustrated as well. Let us know your thoughts on this game. We'll make a quick shout out before we leave, though. Shout out to Colts Nation. We just passed 14,000 subscribers today. So greatly appreciate you guys getting us to that goal during stream. Thank you to the 1,100 people who were in the stream at the end of the game. Greatly appreciated. Let us know your guys' thoughts. Thank you so much. And as always, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.